Welcome to Journey of the Roadrunner, the podcast that takes you on an inspiring expedition through the diverse and captivating life journeys of remarkable individuals. I'm your host, Paul Stressner, who is on a journey to run a 5K in all 50 states. Coming to you with Adriana Ferns, my friend and personal trainer who's on a soul friend journey herself. We're thrilled to be your guides as we lace up and hit the road to explore the unique paths, challenges, triumphs, and wisdom that have shaped our guests into the extraordinary people they are today. Join us as we dive deep into personal stories of resilience, growth, and transformation, uncovering the secrets to success, happiness, and fulfillment. So whether you're a fellow runner in the race of life or simply curious about the incredible stories that unfold behind every individual, get ready to embark on an unforgettable adventure on Journey of the Roadrunner. Beat me. Now let's get the show on the road. Hey everybody, it's Paul here. And Adriana. And um, as some of you might may know, not only am I on a journey to run a 5K in all 50 states, and, uh, number 12 is coming up this Saturday in steamy North Carolina, to run for their lives. But um, I've been on a personal growth journey as well. Um, I got my master's degree in creative writing. I'm writing a book called Journey of the Roadrunner, and I'm trying to get my own business lifted off the ground. So I've always listened to a few um, personal development podcasts, but as of late, I've been like digging into them even more. And about a month ago, I came across this podcast called uh, Passion, Love, Pursuit. And there was a guest on called um, Craig Siegel. And uh, he was talking about his upcoming book, which is out now, The Reinvention Formula. And um, I really connected to him. And, and that he, you know, just with what he was saying. And then he mentioned that he did like um, four marathons in one year. It's like, wow, he's a runner too. All right, I like this dude. So um, I ended up um, following him on, on Instagram and he followed me back. And then we were chatting for a little bit. And he told me about this private Facebook group uh, that I should join. It's called the CLS Membership Experience. And they do live meetings every week um, on Zoom. So I I love the idea of it. It's like perfect for me right now at this point in my life. So I, I joined and in my first meeting, I introduced myself to everybody there are quite a few people there and as I was talking there's like you know there's like those little chat boxes on the side so people were chatting me uh, welcoming me and asking me to my social handles and all that so after I was done introducing myself and everything then I went to the chat and was trying to reply to everybody and then I heard this woman say she fell and broke her back and shattered her pelvis that she would go on to be an ultra marathon runner. <laughs> and I just like stopped everything. I said, what the what? <laughs> She's incredible. And then not only that, but she wrote a book and she owns an organic farm. So I said, okay, she needs to come on our show. Yes. <laughs> so we ended up connected. Her name is Susan Wheeler. Her book is called The Lemonade Diet. And not only is Susan a world-class overcomer, to date, Susan has run more than 25 marathons, half marathons, and ultra marathons. And uh, she's also like all about inspiring people, slay their excuses, reach their full potential. So like, I'm so excited to have you on the show. <laughs> Welcome, Susan Wheeler. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Thanks for having me here, Adriana. This is cool. Yes, this is awesome. So excited yeah, to talk bro. to you. <laughs> oh, good. We you brought props. the lemon. <laughs> Perfect. You wouldn't believe how many lemon things I have. <laughs> I bet. So I guess uh, maybe we should start with like the the part that really got my attention. If you want to talk about your um, well, your one incident there, the several in the book, sure. but yeah, the visual. Yeah. We'll talk about you about your fall. 
Sure. Well, it didn't all begin there, but that was the beginning. Um, that was the beginning of realizing that uh, I needed to make a change in my life. You know, when you survive something like that, it makes you really take a look at things and realize that you were meant for more and you really need to step up your game. So um, at the time, I was an entrepreneur and owned a um, cleaning business, and which meant I cleaned houses myself. <laughs> that was the business. And I um, was cleaning a house, and the balcony was unstable, and I fell headfirst um, over the balcony, 14 feet. I hit the floor in the living room, and um, I mean, it happened in a split second, but if you've ever had an accident like that, you realize that, uh, you know, it just, it takes forever. It's the craziest thing. Um, but like, I, it was like slow motion when it happened? Slow motion in my mind and played over and over again for a very, very long time, months and months mm -hmm. and months. Um, because it, it was just such a, oh, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're falling and you're trying to stop it. And it was, it was really, it was more than I, I don't know what I expected, but nothing like that had ever happened to me before. Um, you know, I've had little injuries, but nothing so, so dramatic and life-changing. And I was alone at the time, I must also add. So I, and the people whose home I was cleaning, we live in a very rural area. And a lot of people from uh, New York City have homes here on the weekends. So my business was basically taking care of people's second home. And then I would do that during the week. They'd come enjoy it on the weekend. And then I would do it again. So I was no one was going to be coming home for lunch. <laughs> Let me oh put it that God. way. So um, it was it. So there was, you know, mental trauma as well. But anyway, I, I fell and um, like Paul was saying, I, I broke everything. When the, when the paramedics arrived, I looked up at the paramedic and he said, where are you hurt? And I just said, everything is broken because mm -hmm. I probably had to pull myself along the floor for about, I'm not good with distances, but probably like say 10 or 12 feet or, or, or so across the floor my left arm was fine. It was the only part of my body that worked, my left arm and my head. So, oh. and I knew when I was falling, I literally was falling head first. Don't ask me how I got out of that situation, but I, my head wasn't hurt and neither was my left arm. So I immediately, I was, my body was on fire. Um, it, it, you know, the heat, it was incredible. I just, I just felt like it was burning. And when I started pulling myself across the floor with my left arm to get to the phone, I mean, I could feel and like there were puzzle, like my inside was a jigsaw puzzle. And I got to the phone and I called 911 and stayed with them and, until they came. But uh, as it turned out, so I said to the paramedic, they wanted to know where they could touch me or whatever. And I just said, everything is broken. I didn't know what, but I knew my core was unstable. I knew I couldn't use my legs 
um, and, and my right arm and it was hard to breathe. And I ended up um, getting into the hospital. And that night, the paramedic stuck his head in in my door. And he said to me, um, you're right, everything is broken. So as it turned out, I had broken all my ribs, my arm, um, my shattered my pelvis, broke my back. Jesus. Yeah, I was a mess. Mm -hmm. And it was a very long recovery. And, you know, as we're talking about marathons, the, the cool thing about, not that it was cool, but, you know, here I was, I'd never run in my life other than to like run around as a kid, you know, and play freeze tag, which I wasn't even good at because I broke my ankle when I was like 12 <laughs> playing freeze tag. <laughs> so I was kind of a klutz to begin with, but, uh, yeah. And, and um, if you want me to go right into it, what, how that pushed me to become yeah. a runner. Sure. Um, so, so that happened. And of course, um, you know, I didn't want that to define me, but there were substantial injuries that took a very long time to heal and stabilize and, and get myself back together. And then six years later, my one of my very best girlfriends um, was pregnant and she was diagnosed with breast cancer and I was devastated she was 37 and I said oh maybe she was 36 but I said at the time um you know what can I do like to help her what you just when you have like a really best friend like that I mean we all know someone that has you know had cancer, survived or not, but when it's someone that you're, you talk to every day, you know, it's like, oh, you know, being on the meal train didn't seem like enough. And um, so I wanted to do something that was hard and I just, I didn't know what it was, but I wanted to do something that made an impact. And uh, back in the day, I remember there were, you know, other people that had friends with cancer, they would shave their head to be kind of the sisterhood. But I didn't want anyone to think I was sick. And shaving your head, it's not that hard. You know, you could do it and it, it, it might suck, but it's not. I didn't want anyone to look at me and think, oh, what's wrong with her? I just didn't like that. So uh, I was at my son's baseball game and I looked over and my sister-in-law and her mom were running around the track and they were getting ready for this race that we have. Um, it's a good one, Paul. You should come and do it. <laughs> it's a, it would it would check Connecticut off your list if you haven't. Um, but anyway, it's called the Litchfield Hills Road Race. It's a seven mile race. Now, mind you, at the time, I I could walk, you know, easily, but like I was still very gimpy. I was had a lot of arthritis, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching them run. And I thought, I wonder if I could run. Like, it just occurred to me. So during, between innings, you know, I had jeans on and high top Reebok sneakers. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to give it a go. So I went and I just kind of jogged around the track. And I was like, hmm. So when I got to where I started, I did one more time. And they were like, <laughs> They laughed me and they were like, what are you doing? I said, I want to see if I could run. And I went home that night and I thought, you know what? I'm going to run the Litchfield Hills Road Race. It was in three weeks, seven miles. 
And I thought that would be hard. <laughs> now that would be hard. <laughs> so I, I trained, I had a friend who was, uh, uh, she was running races and I think her longest race was a half marathon at the time. But she said she would run with me. I didn't even know what the course was. So I didn't even know what I was in for. And we walked it. Um, it was seven miles. And I was like, oh, you know, a little scary. But we trained. And the, the day of the race, my friend was there. And uh, she was, you know, pregnant and supporting me. No hair on her head. And uh, I wore a shirt that said, you know, my debut race in honor of Lisa had a breast cancer ribbon on it. And it was really, it was really cool to, to do something and the support, you know, just wearing that shirt, people were like, you know, go Lisa, keep going for Lisa. And uh, after that race, oh my gosh, like I was like, I, I can't even walk now. Like, what did I do to myself? <laughs> But a couple days later, my friend that had trained with me said, we're going to run, a, this was in June. She said, in September, we're running the Hartford Half Marathon. Do you want to train for it? And I thought, inside, I'm screaming like, no way. And I said, yeah, I would, I would love to. <laughs> and, and it just started from there. Uh, I trained with them. And I had so much fun. I, I think it was fun just being a part of something and as hard as it was for me um it made me stronger it made me physically stronger and a lot of times what i learned and realized was that when we're injured um we really baby ourselves right we we tend to you know just be mindful of our injuries and whatever we don't challenge those things but once i started like challenging my body a little bit I got stronger and I actually became like a real runner, <laughs> you know, not just, and, and, at, at, and whenever I would race and run and when it got hard, I would think this is nothing compared to what Lisa's going through. And it got me through and there was so much support and from, you know, family and friends and, and just knowing that I was doing it for a bigger purpose. Um, rather than just, you know, God, it, it, it really focused me on um, just her healing and, and all of that. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And that's how I, how I got started. It's like an addiction. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and and uh, you got rid of the high tops and you use running shoes now. <laughs> yes, I, I don't own a pair of Reeboks anymore. Although I did I did run a couple of marathons in Skechers. Oh, wow. <laughs> Believe it or not. Oh, yeah. That's like wearing pillows on your feet. But they... <laughs> They don't, they don't have the durability, you know, you have to change out your shoes more often, mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah. So Always Susan, love a little I, challenge. Um, can I ask you about just like with all your injuries and your training, like, are there times that like, cause I feel like you must have a decent, I have some arthritis myself and some injuries, so I, I can uh, relate to just like some pain, chronic pain, but how, how are you like, how do you deal with your injuries and like your, you know, your past injuries and the arthritis, like. How do you deal with that? And, you know, how do you work through it? Or, you know, as far as like just kind of working around it, how do you, how do you go about doing that? Well, I will tell you that 
the more I ran, the better I felt. That's all I can say. I didn't yeah. do anything um, crazy. I it, It's not like I had a running coach. I was linked up with a lot of really great runners, which made me a better runner, a lot of marathon runners, et cetera, um, and people in our running group. But I, I, all I can say is that's what I did. It, I didn't do anything special other than move my body. And I also think that if I didn't do that, I don't know where I would be right now. So yeah. that was, I started running 21 years ago and I haven't been running much at all for the last few years because I tore my meniscus and the surgery didn't go great and I feel it. So um, I, I could still move and do all the things, but um, you know, your knees are kind of an important joint for running. So yeah, so I, but I hike, I mean, I still move. I movement is key. So I look at it like it doesn't matter how far you go, how fast you go, but just keep going. Right. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. That's inspiring. When I hurt my ankle, like, yeah, it's something like you can um rest it, but then you also need to move it too. You need to like keep moving and yeah, it's like a balance. You don't want to, but then you don't want to overdo it. That was my mistake. I when I first hurt my ankle and then I came back too soon and I like pushed it too much and it made it worse. But at the same time you want to move it. And I don't know, Adriana's the same way. We can't keep still. So yeah. no. <laughs> running toughens you up though. That is for sure. Mm -hmm. Because I did, um, you know, we all have our running stories, right? I have, and I love trail running that's probably my favorite I agree. and my ultra yeah my ultras were trails and um just you know lots of trail running which also you gotta be careful I mean it's great because you you have to really um move your whole body and it, it gets you really agile but your ankles take a beating and I've twisted my ankle that it has just swollen up but the other thing I learned keep going because if I sat in the middle of a trail it would just get worse but if I kept moving um not that I didn't like take care of it but yeah so I've run with that I I um fractured my metatarsal about two or three miles into a 17 mile run ran the whole way you fit um, right in with us Susan <laughs> I don't stop <laughs> Yeah, I'm not one of those, you know, elite um, runners that gets all the pampering. I'm like, you know, I, I got to get home and feed the chickens. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't stop now. <laughs> oh, see, Adriana told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I am loving it. Yeah. And your book is awesome, by the way. I'm not quite done with it yet. I'm, I'm uh, getting there, though. I, I started speed reading it, too. I was very excited. Um, and I it's just it really hits a lot of a lot of relative feelings. I was reading a lot, uh, you know, a lot of the motivational stuff you talk about. It's just really I, I think it's awesome. You know, it's a pretty cool thing, um, you know, how that came together. But it, it's funny how 
everything feeds off of something, right? So you need something to motivate you and, and running motivated me um, to really be healthier myself. And it motivated me to work harder in my business. It's just sort of, you need all these things to, it's like a ladder, right? You, you can't just stand on one rung and ever get to the top. And you need something to hold on to and grab onto and go and go and go. And um, I, I think what ended up happening too, and the reason I wrote that book, Adriana, is because I felt like when I had gotten to a certain point in my business and speaking and all that, people didn't, like I was training business training, right? And they would think that I was successful. Like no one hears the backstory. Yeah. And I, I needed people to know that I, I wasn't a runner in high school. I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't particularly athletic. In fact, I was probably as broken as anyone could be. And I started running when I turned 40. Well, it's 39, but you know, almost yeah. 40. And so I ran my first, you know, race when I was 40. And um, so I ended up um, really feeling that it was important to let people know you could do anything. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter where you come from. It's just the, the fact that you start, and and most people don't start. And I liked what you put like too about the education thing. Like you know, people think you have to go to you know college forever and to be successful and all this. And I I actually didn't. I was terrible in school myself, and um, I didn't thrive well with the the way the system teaches and. You know, it was really just a struggle through edu the education system. And, you know, to find something that you you thrive in without that is really important. It's, it's important to share that message so people don't feel, you know, because you feel like an outcast if you're not academically successful, you know. And, and then you find if you can find your niche, like, and you're successful at it, it's a great feeling, you know. And I think you're, that, that really spoke to me because I feel like more people who have become successful necessarily didn't do, you know, four, six, eight, ten 10 years in college either. And it's great to hear other people's stories who are like you, you know, it was, it was really great. I was really inspired by it. And you know, what's funny. Um, my kids are, my youngest is 21 now, but they're all, they're all grown up and nobody, and you know, I've so I have a bunch of friends with kids at the same age, et cetera. And some have gone to school, some haven't. But what's interesting to me is some that have gone to college for whatever their degree is, a lot of them aren't doing anything close to that. Yeah, I know a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I think that you know I grew up with um, you know friends that went to school to be a teacher, and then they became a teacher, and it's just different now. It's a different world in, in which we live in. And I really think that social media and the internet has had a lot to do with it because before, I know I date myself when I talk like this, but back in the stone ages, when I was growing up, um, that, you know, we didn't, we only had access to what we saw and what we knew. You didn't really know the whole, you know, the whole story. Now we can see so much more. And I think it gives us permission to say like, oh, you know, I don't want to do that even like with the running and this was, you know, way before 
um, then it was a frightening thing for me to even do that. Cause I, I, you know, I thought a runner, you have to, I don't know, have something that I surely didn't have, but you just need to do it. And I, I was, um, I did a little, um, I don't know if it was a TikTok or something I did, but I was talking about confidence and, you know, uh, we were talking on our CL, uh, CLS call, Paul, uh, about, you know, confidence and people were saying that they don't, they lack the confidence to do whatever it is, X, Y, or Z, but you get confident when you start doing something. Yeah. And I, when I started running that first time, like I was not, I was not a runner. I was not confident that I could do it. It was like seven miles you might as well have said you're running across the country. I thought, oh my gosh, seven miles. Seven miles is a distance to drive in your car even. <laughs> you know, nobody, nobody walks seven miles to get a library book. You know, you're, you, get, you don't even consider it. You get in your car. And so uh, I started literally running to the mailbox down the road. And then I would walk. And then I would run a little more. And the more... I, I just think the more we see, whether it's education or, you know, some physical feat or even somebody writing a book and saying, well, dang, I could do that. You know, I have a story to tell. Everyone has a story to tell. We all do. And I think that if we live our life thinking, I'm going to write a book about this, it's going to give us a carrot. It's going to dangle a carrot to say, well, I don't want to write a book that, you know, I, I failed miserably and the end, <laughs> right? <laughs> you want to, you want to inspire. So yeah. sometimes we have to do inspire ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. Like um, that's social media can be great, but then on the other hand, you see a lot of people post like all the good stuff, but you know, nobody sees all the work that went behind it. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's all about, yeah, the more you do something, more confidence you're going to build. Like, writing kind of comes easy to me. I've been reading since I was, like, three or four or something. But, like, even still, um, the more I write, the better I'm getting at it. So, yeah, it, that goes with anything in life. Anything you Yeah, and, and, yeah, even writing a book, it's not like I had a, you know, major in, in writing or English or composition but I had a story to tell mm -hmm. and I think the best stories that you can tell are in your own voice mm -hmm. and so why not write the words the way you would speak them we may yeah. we, we overcomplicate it we you know we way overcomplicate it I don't know if you heard of John Maxwell but he's written tons of books he's a uh he's in Georgia but he's a a pastor and a motivational speaker. And he has written so many books on, on leadership and he's amazing. And I was fortunate enough to go to a very exclusive event and there were probably about a hundred of us there. And it was, um, he was writing a book for leaders in network marketing and, you know, everyone's gaga over him because he is so famous and written so many books. And we had this little quaint breakfast and well, I say little quaint, there was a hundred people, but it was just, you know, a small room and he was going from table to table and sitting with us. And then afterwards he put out, you know, um, we could ask him questions and someone said, um, and I had not written my book then I was in the process of writing it, which was years of just jotting and writing down notes and thoughts. But when I got serious about it, 
it probably only took me six months to write the darn thing, right? From start to finish and done. So you have to like really, you know, get into it. But someone said to ask the question, I want to write a book. Um, you know, what do you, what do you recommend that I do? And the room was quiet and everyone was all ears. And he said, start writing. <laughs> That's it. Start writing. So it's like, it's that simple, right? Start running, start writing, start, start learning. You know, you, you, you have to start. Yeah. The thing you want to do, whatever it is, just so that was a real light bulb aha moment for me because I thought, gosh, we go to work and overcomplicate everything. Everything. And I think yeah. like some people, like I think failing is like, it, like failing is just, it just means you're not like you have to perfect something. Like I told Paul, I, I wrote a book and um it took me forever and I sent it to the editor and she's like, you have to read these two books and re-edit your whole book before I'll even think about editing this. And I was so pissed. I'm like, fine. I'll show her. I'll do it. And I did it. And I said, and I have ADHD. Like it took me, I started it in 2010 and I finished it in 2017. It took me forever. And I'd like stop doing it for a week. And my therapist is like, why'd well, you stop your book? Cause I get my ADD would kick in. I'm like, I can't do this right now. Like I'd have to take a break, but I was, I was so determined cause I kept failing at like things I just didn't know how to do. So I should make me learn the thing. And then I have to go back and start the book again. You know, it was more of a like kind of use of like, I want to get my story out there. And like, it doesn't matter how long it takes me. I'm just going to keep like starting over. I'll fail a little, I'll succeed. And it's, it's back and forth. Like no one goes into anything. I tell my clients this all the time. You're not going to go in and kick an ass. Like, unless you're just an enigma, like you're learning a new move, you know, they get frustrated at certain moves. It's like, you're not just going to come kick an ass. Like you have to fail sometimes. Like, you know, the whole Michael Jordan didn't get on the, I saw that in your book too. I love that quote. Like he didn't get on his high school varsity team. Like you have to fail and it's okay to fail. Like failing's just like when we're kids and we fall on our face, you know, like you get back up, no one stops walking because they, they face planted. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine, you know, my kids, you suck at this. So forget walking. You'll never be good. This. You know, so it's just, it is, it's one of those things I think like, being afraid to fail is not, it's, it's ridiculous. Cause if you tried, you're doing better than the people who aren't doing anything, right? Mm -hmm. Like even failing means you try or, and you have to try again, or, you know, you could just quit. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if you really want something like you might fail, I fail at things sometimes. And it doesn't mean I'm not going to do them. It just means it's going to be hard and I have to try harder, you know? Yeah. You learn something I, from it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even think it's necessarily failing. I just think mm -hmm. it's practice. Right. But, right. You know, because we're yeah. not good when we start something right. and, and, and we, we just, you know, so I just look at it like we get better. Oh, that didn't work. You know, yep. I'm going to try this and it, it kind of makes it more fun and interesting. And, mm. you know, I, I feel like I'm a lifelong student and the more I do, the more I want to do. Mm -hmm. So you yep. talk about ADHD. I don't really think I have that, but I am always, um, well, my, my family calls me sidetracked Susan. So maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but I am learning, you know, studying Spanish now, you know, I just became certified in gut health and now I'm getting certified in Pilates and it's just what yeah. what will I do with who knows but the more the more you sort of do something the more you realize you you can do and and I think it, it is a disservice when we were talking before about the education thing 
is we put ourselves in a box or we think like, gosh, I've worked so hard, like my whole life to do this one thing. So now I better do it. Right. But what, right. You, you know, I, yeah, no, I don't I think agree. you have to. <laughs> yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Well, even with the podcast, like when I was um growing up, I was like painfully shy, but now, um, now I not only have one podcast, I have two podcasts and I'm talking to people at <laughs> strangers that I've never <laughs> met before here. I am like putting myself out to the world. So, and I still experiment, I'm still experimenting with this and everything, but having fun with it. So yeah, it's like a great joy of mine to do this. And it was just a matter of getting started. I, I had people help me to like, tell me like what equipment to use and software and everything. But, you know, once I had those basic instructions, I just kind of like doing my own thing and learning as I go. So I think- Which is perfect. Mm -hmm. And it probably helps you in every area of your mm -hmm. life, not just podcasting. You're talking right. to new people and you realize we're all the same. Mm -hmm. You know, we're so shy about reaching out and talking to someone. I, I'm not at all. I love people. I love to learn more about people and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think, um, I, you know, I was talking to a gal today and, you know, we were just talking about something, but, you know, we realized we had something in common with family members. And she said, she looked at me, she said, wow, we all suffer in silence. Like imagine mm -hmm. if we all stopped judging ourselves first and thinking, gosh, you know, my life is a shit show. And, and, you know, I don't want anyone to know that, you know, X, Y, and Z, but then somebody else. And then you're like, okay, it's not the scarlet letter. It's, right. you know, it's a badge of honor, right? So we have to, I think we have to really um, open up, not just our our mouth, but our mind and really just, you know, not, not, make things like we're the only ones or or we we all the limitations we have we really put on ourselves yeah. and I think like to your point it's like you know I feel personally like I'm I'm pretty much an open book to a lot of people who know me and I find that more people will talk to me about anything and not feel judged because I'm I'm kind of like whatever dude like yeah my background's not wonderful so <laughs> you know at the end of the day it's like I think that that people gravitate towards the real the real people so you're going to get more real real out of a person not to say they're not real but I feel like they feel more they can be more genuinely themselves if you're not you don't give off a judgy air if you're if you're already aired out your stuff if you're like yep it's who I am I made lots of mistakes and I'm doing great because of them you know, if you kind of come in with that attitude, more people feel comfortable to actually like, hey, you know what, like your story really inspired me to talk to you about this, or I feel comfortable telling you this, you know, and it, it is, it, it makes it easier to have relationships, I feel, where you're not getting this like front of a person because they feel like they have to give off a certain like air to you or anyone because you're, you're more open. So they're going to be more open with, with you or around you, you know? You know, and, and as you're saying that, you know, it's so true. And wouldn't you rather, you know, say, say if you had a, a, a substance abuse, you know, addiction, something, and wouldn't you rather have someone help you that's been there and right. gotten through it rather than just someone who's learned all the 
language and understands. I mean, that's great. Yeah. But, you know, like for me with my, my gut health, for example, um, you know, nobody wants to really talk about it because, you know, it's, it's un- digestion is, you know, it's not like a sexy subject to talk about. Everybody, Everybody poops. poops. <laughs> There's a book about it. Why didn't we get to write that? But, um, you know, but the, but the truth of the matter is, you know, you can go when I was suffering with so many things, I was going to so many doctors that couldn't help me without like a pill. And then really when, when I learned about it and that's why I became certified because I thought I can help other people. I've been there and there's a lot of things you can do that don't require medication. Some things do, but um, there's a lot that doesn't. And, you know, um, yeah, I just think, and and if you look like I was talking about substance abuse before people that are in AA and they had an addiction, so they know exactly what you're going through and they can help you better than anyone. So I think if we all just started, you know, it's not, it's never about us, but we all make it about us. You know, we have this ego or whatever that we need to constantly you know protect well that's um, like where i think people that when other people are judgy it's there because they're not happy with themselves so if they can just project that shit outward they're judging other people because they don't want to deal with what's inside you know me and paul always mm-hmm. say the people who need the therapist the most are the ones who aren't going <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly you know? exactly exactly because it's hard to to say help me you know yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. so we're, we're really big on the um, mental fitness here so we're always like very yeah. open about that hoping to I guess the stigma's starting to break but I mean it's still <laughs> there's still it's, judging people out there but, the- but we just want to show people that that's okay yeah. <laughs> yeah it is hard there was a um, I wrote a chapter about my daughter who suffers with mental health issues and she wasn't really diagnosed for many years and when she finally had like a terrible breakdown, um, there were so many people that, and like she, I even had to learn, and this is my daughter and I didn't understand, but she said, mom, if I was sick with cancer, people would be bringing me meals. Mm-hmm. They'd be giving my kids rides, but now they won't even let their kids play with my kids. And, you know, basically, so there is a lot of work to do in that field. And I do think the more you talk about it, because also so many people um, do have some kind of, you know, diagnosed illness, mental illness that they're medicated for, and they might be sitting right next to you and you wouldn't even know it because they're okay. They're they're, you know, in, a, in they're being treated, they're in a program, you, you would never know there is just like any one of us, right. Um, but is I, I think then talking about it makes you realize like, oh, then I could do this. You know, it was yeah. a real, it was a real eye opener for me to go through this with her yeah. and see how people really get treated. It's, it's very crazy. sad. Yeah. And it's, and they're not doing much better. Like I, you know, there's so many people on, on drugs to, for like all their anxieties and this and that. And it's like a lot of kind of going back to some of your book, like 
a lot of these people just don't want to get their shit together. They feel if they get on an SSRI, it's like, boom, like maybe if you exercise better and, you know, to your point, like got your gut in check and got healthier, you wouldn't need a pill, but you're too busy to do anything that's actually going to help you. So you'll just take a pill. Like, and you know, those are the same people who will judge someone else with a mental health issue. It's like crazy to me how people really, you know, and again, it, it all boils down to the same thing. It's like, they're not, they're not taking responsibility for themselves but that yet they'll project on someone else, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think you do need medication. Sometimes there are things yeah. that need, oh, that need that, but, but to, to me, you know, to be mentally healthy myself, I think exercise, I think, um, you know, so just some kind of movement, great, you know, a great diet that, that works for you. Cause what works for me might, might not work for you might not work right. for Paul. We're all different, right? That's Just different. like if you either one of you needed a kidney, I'd be happy to give you one of mine, but maybe we're not a match. Right. right? So different food affects people well, differently. Yeah. So just so you know, just so you know, if you're on the kidney this is list, being, this is being recorded. So this, uh... you can go back but I think it's wonderful. <laughs> I'm an O positive. Oh, oh yeah. So, um, and I do, I do, do donate blood every, you know, as often as I can, I think it's six to eight weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel compelled, you know, to do stuff like that, but, um, you know, also breathing is important. Yeah, I talk about that a lot too. That's something I'd like to become certified in. Imagine the first thing we do when we're born and the last thing we do when we die is breathe. Yeah. And none of us know how to breathe. And I'm saying, sure, we're breathing unconsciously, but you know, even breath work helps yeah. our mental fitness. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Some people take Xanax. I just breathe. <laughs> <laughs> they both work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they both work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, breathe and drink water <laughs> that's right yes you gotta drink plenty of water yeah uh, i think um adriana is gonna have yeah, to I'm take gonna have off to that run that giant coming up it's so, so great uh, susan i really want to thank you for uh spending some time almost done with your book so i'm gonna finish it up and i'll i think i have your email on here i'll shoot you an email and uh i'll send over my book too if you want to check it out <laughs> yes awesome i would love to i would love to awesome but this this was so fun and um you you, you guys look like the type of people i would just hang around with so so um you want to tell people how they can reach you susan and um where you can get your book sure um my website is my name susan v you got to put the v in there susan there's a lot of famous susan wheelers believe it or not oh so I'm the not famous Susan Wheeler. So there's a V in there. For now. SusanVWheeler.com. Um, and my book is on Amazon, The Lemonade Diet. I love, I'm really practicing my Pilates on TikTok. So I, uh, I love new viewers there. And that's the Susan V. Wheeler. And um, Instagram, it's all, if you, if you look up Susan V. Wheeler, you can just find me everywhere. Awesome. And um, if you guys are listening today, uh, my company, Soul Friend Yoga, we do fitness apparel and yoga mats. If you punch in Soul 20 at checkout, you'll get 20% off anything. 
And we just had an awesome puppy yoga. So you should check out our Instagram, Soul Friend Yoga. You'll see some really great um, puppy yoga videos. And you can reach me on there just if you just want. I'm not a huge social media person. So you can just use my company to reach out to me. Or uh, you can reach me at Adriana at soulfriendyoga.com. Awesome. And then you can find me at um, The Roadrunner. That's R-H-O-D-E on all the socials. Facebook, especially Instagram. And then um, journeyoftheroadrunner.com is the website. We'll have all show notes there. And um, yeah, thank you so much, Susan. This is like amazing. We're so happy to have you. Yes. We had such a great time. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. And, and thanks for putting up with my barking dogs. Oh, we Never love fails. Oh, yeah. We love dogs. Yeah, I didn't even notice. Uh, yeah. No, we didn't, <laughs> I didn't notice either. Oh, it was just <laughs> yeah. a, it was a quick bark. I muted real quick, but I'm excited <laughs> to see your puppy yoga. <laughs> oh, yeah. Check it out. You'll love it. There's a bunch of stuff on our stories right now, and our social media girls should be putting some more stuff up. Awesome. I'm excited to check that out. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Until next time, we'll see you out on the road. Bye. And remember, be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! Yeah!